Father, as we turn to your word, we ask that you would open our hearts and our minds from the youngest here to the oldest, that you would speak your truth and that we would be encouraged and equipped in all areas of life to live kingdom first. Every day of every week of every year for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. So every Sunday, we hope that when we have a message, you have a little fun. More than that, the Lord speaks to you. Today, we're going to look to have maybe a little more fun than we might normally have. So maybe a little crazy, but enjoy it. And the first thing I want to ask you, and this is participatory, especially if you are a student, what is this? Come on, what is this? Lego. Duplo, Duplo Lego, right? Is that what they're called? The bigger ones? Yeah, the bigger Legos. Now, what do you notice about this Lego? What color is it? What size is it? Big. <laughs> it's one of the eight ones, right? What's, what shape? All right. What about this one? Square. What color? What size? Four. All right, those two are different. What about this one? Color. Size. Shape. Yeah, small rectangle in this one. They're all different, right? Every one of them are different. In fact, I've got two more. They are different too. We won't ask about them, but different color. Um, this one has got this little, you know, rounded part on it. They're all different. I think this is a pretty good reflection of life. There's a lot of differences. In this room right now, there are a lot of differences. Even within families, where people kind of look alike, and yet they don't. Raised with the same values, parents, and yet how different are our kids? There's a lot of differences. And sometimes, what do those differences cause? Arguments. Conflict. Division. Right? We've all seen this. This morning, as I was just sitting on the patio watching the sun come up, we have two bird feeders. In those two bird feeders, there are 14 distinct spots where birds can eat, 14. But do you know what happens when one bird is at a particular spot and another bird shows up? I do not want the other 13 spots. I want the one spot that you're eating at and I'm gonna dive bomb you for it. And we watch it throughout. It even happens so there'll be birds on the ground like they had the entire earth at their disposal. And yet, some bird is in the wrong spot on the ground for some other bird, and they have to fly down and kick that bird out of the way. They're all birds, but they're different too. We've got blue ones, and we've got red ones, and small ones, and big ones, and, but they're constantly vying and arguing and fighting among each other. Can I ask you if you have a brother or a sister, have you ever fought with them? 
just raise your hand. Okay, good, the adults are doing it too. If your hand wasn't up, you're a liar, right? We need to pray for you. Yeah, we fight. We do not. Kids, you ever heard this? Why can't you just get along? Ever heard those words? Why can't you just get along? All right, well, part of the reason is we're so different. We see things differently. We see situations differently. We have different desires, different things that are important to us. And so, a lot of times, we just don't get along. This morning, Paul has one message. Get along. Get along with each other. And he's going to show us how. Open your Bible, if you would, to Colossians chapter 3. This is our last message in Colossians. As we kick off our fall, we will begin a new series. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. How do we get along? Verse 12, put on then, and I want you to notice something. He begins with a command. He begins by telling us one of the things we're to do in order to get along, but then you'll see a comma, and he's got this section in here, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. He adds something in. Before he gets to what to put on, he has to hit something else that's really, really important. All right? This is how important this little phrase is. All right, anybody like banana splits? Raise your hand if you like banana splits. Okay, banana splits, good stuff. All right, but here's the thing about a banana splits. If you don't have the cherry on the top, for many people, that would be okay. You could still have that as a banana split. There'd be a few who'd be like, no, I want that cherry. In fact, I want your cherry and yours and yours and yours. But for most people, that'd still be a banana split. But if you remove the bananas, it's just a split, okay? There's no banana anymore. And it may be good, but it's not a banana split, you got to have bananas. They're that essential. And yet, here's what's interesting, is when you make a banana split, often you hardly even see the bananas, right? I mean, they're like covered with ice cream and topping and whipped cream, and, but they're there, and they are essential to having a banana split. That is the kind of importance that Paul places on what he's saying right now. Those few words right there, they are absolutely essential for getting along. And here's what he wants to say. To get along, you need to know who you are. And it is really, really important because each one of us, we have certain things that are important to us. But Paul wants to paint an identity. And this is the identity, the starting point. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. All right, what does that mean? Let me show you. Kelsey, would you come up? Now, notice something I just did. There's a lot of people out here today. 
There's probably about 100 of you or so out here right now. But I chose somebody. I asked her to come up. God's chosen. And he says holy, which means to be set apart. Set apart for God. As if I would say, Kelsey, would you come up? And not just to like do nothing, but I want to set you apart. I have something special for you. And then the core of it, beloved, that she is chosen, she is set apart, and she is loved by God. And what Paul wants us to understand is this. That's your starting point, Kelsey. What grade are you going into? Going into sixth grade. When you get into sixth grade, there's gonna be seventh graders and eighth graders and people are gonna see themselves as I'm the sixth grader and I'm the seventh grader and I'm the eighth grader. I'm in charge of the school because I'm the eighth grader. And Paul says, Kelsey, sixth grade is okay for identification, but before you hit sixth grade, I want you to think this. I'm chosen by God. I'm set apart by God and I am loved by God. As you think of all the ways that you might define yourself from where you grew up to your ethnicity, to being American, to your politics, your economics, your, to being Anglican versus something else. Think of all the ways that you might define yourself. Paul says if you wanna get along, your primary identifier is Christ. That's where you have to start. I'm chosen, I'm set apart, and I'm loved. Which is why our first pillar of redemption is believe the king's love. Because that's where we begin at. You are chosen, you are set apart, and you are loved by God. Start there. Thank you. That is our identity. And anything else is gonna take you into division. It's gonna take you into fighting, where you start to go, well, I'm this and you are that. I'm the red block, you're the yellow block. And well, yellow blocks are a little better than red blocks. No, because we're bigger, we're better. Yeah, but we're shinier, you can see us better. Just fill in all the ways we define ourselves. Kids, adults, our primary identification. I'm chosen by God. I'm set apart by him for his work. And I'm loved by the king. Now, if we can get that part. I read this story about a young kid. He's going into kindergarten. His name is Blake. And Blake's mom runs a t-shirt shop. Blake's mom said, I will make you a t-shirt for the first day of school. Anything you want on that shirt. Now, he loves sports, especially football and basketball, superheroes. And so mom is just waiting. You know, what are you going to make? Anything you want, I'll put it on that shirt for you. Be your own special shirt. And Blake said to his mom, this is what I want on the shirt. I will be your friend. He said, Mom, there's all kinds of kids that may not have a friend, but I will be their friend. 
And here's what stuck out to me in that. That was an expression of something on the inside of this kid. That wasn't something forced on him. There's something about this kid's identity where he's looking for others. I will be your friend. Paul wants to give us an image right now where he's going to say, put on. Whatever that identity is, in our case, hopefully, it is Jesus. It is chosen, holy, and beloved. But put on something that will reflect that inside. Now, here's where I need some help. Kids, if you'll grab a bulletin. On the bulletin under sermon, you'll see one, two, three, four, and five. These are the items of clothing that Paul wants us to put on. All right, what I'm going to ask your help is, and this could be a little crazy, just go with me for a minute. I'm going to ask you, as I say number one, I'm going to ask you to shout out what the first item of clothing is, and then I will talk about it for a moment, and I will put on an item of clothing. Then you will sh- I will say number two, and you'll shout out number two. All right? So put on that which reflects this inward reality. So what is number one? All right, compassionate hearts. So we're going to start with an item of clothing that is compassionate hearts. I really should have practiced this at home because I've got weird shoes and jeans, and I'm not sure I can actually do this, but we're going to try it. Compassionate heart describes the heart that would notice other people. i got to hang them down a little bit because of my mic thing there, so... I'm not nearly cool enough to do this, but we'll go with it for the moment. All right, compassionate hearts, the ability to notice other people and want to help them. That's what that is, compassionate hearts, noticing somebody wanting to help them. What's number two? Kindness. All right, kindness. Let's hope I don't mess my thing again. Kindness is not just noticing and wanting to help somebody, but being generous in the way that you want to help a person. Being willing to take your time or your energy and do something for somebody else. What's number three? Humility. All right, there are certain things I could do and certain things I couldn't do. Um, So this is gonna go on one arm because it belongs to my son. And I could never get it on completely. So we'll just do it this way. Humility. Humility is not thinking too highly of yourself, especially in comparison to others. Humility comes across in relationships when I decide that I'm better than you for whatever reason. Now, step back with me for a minute and think about all the ways we define ourselves. If you define yourself as an eighth grader versus a sixth grader, you're probably going to have some pride there because I'm an eighth grader and you're only a sixth grader. But if I'm starting with I'm chosen and so are you, I'm loved and so are you, there's no place for pride. So humility. What's number four? You said that very meekly. (laughs) Let's try that again. What's number four? All right, meekness actually connects 
to humility, this is not going to fit my son once I'm done stretching it out, meekness fits with humility, but instead of the comparison, it's really just a, I think too much of me. Not even necessarily comparing, I just have a really high view of me. And again, if I have a really high view of me, how likely am I to even notice other people, especially one to help them? And lastly, what is the last thing? Patience. All right. This one's actually mine, so I'm just going to put it on the other side. All right. Patience is where, oops, meekness fell off. It does that sometimes. You got to put it back on when it falls off. All right. Patience is where I can work with you even as I get frustrated. Even as I'm losing my, my time. Even as I'm thinking, if I weren't doing this, I could be doing this. It's having enough control to continue living Christ-like even when you're challenged. Patience. So, what do you notice? Thank you. I want to say two things about this. What he is asking us to do is ridiculous. It truly is. What he's asking you to do is put everybody else before yourself. He's asking you to be patient when people don't deserve it. He's asking you to have meekness or humility even if somebody else doesn't. He's asking you to have a compassionate heart and to be kind even if somebody doesn't deserve it or even if you have better things to do. He's asking us to do something ridiculous. But here's the other thing I want you to notice. All of you can see this, right? You can all see how ridiculous I look. You can see these things have been put on. Here's what they are not, and this is so important. Hear this. These are not just things to think about or talk about. These are not just things to like get into a little group and go, man, we need to be more kind and then go out and be the same jerks we always are. This is meant to be outward. This is meant to be something we actually do, that people see. Here's the thing I love about Blake's shirt. He put himself out there because the shirt, when he walks up to somebody and they read it and they go, I will be your friend. Okay, you'll be my friend. I mean, there's an action there, like he's put himself up. No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm like, cover that shirt up. These things are meant to be what we do because of who we are. As we take in the, I am chosen, I am holy, I am beloved of God. Now, I'm gonna live out of that, and here's why we get along. Because instead of focusing on all of our differences, I'm focused on where we are the same, in Christ. And I'm focused on how do I be patient with you? And how do I not think so highly of me and compare myself to you, but instead try to notice you and what's going on in your life so that I can be kind to you? And could you imagine what it would look like if we were all doing that? 
We'd be getting along. And then he adds one thing. I'm trying to keep my meekness on. It's tough. Meekness falls off really easily. I don't know what that means about me. Verse 13, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Here's one of the outworkings of it. We're going to bear with each other. I mean, notice that. Bear with. Not always be happy with. Not always agree with. Not always be like, oh, that's awesome. I don't care that you're completely opposite of me. Sometimes it literally is. I'm going to bear up under this because of Christ. Compassionately, kindly, humbly, meekly, with patience. And I'm going to forgive in what? The same way that I was forgiven. How much have you been forgiven? How much is the Lord holding against you? What did the cross not take away? That's how much you can hold against somebody else. Forgive as you've been forgiven. And lastly, last item, and here's where we'll end. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So I got my last thing here that I'm going to put on over everything else, if I can possibly get it on. All right, love. Okay, there we go. All right, love is going to hold all this stuff together. So here's the thing. If you look through the entire scripture, you're going to see this theme over and over again. God acts out of his love. The foundation of why he created the universe, the foundation of why he redeemed us, the foundation of why he is redeeming heaven and earth, bringing things together and making a new heavens and a new earth in all of eternity is his love. For God so loved the world that he gave. His love. Because love is that thing that when it's over everything else, it becomes why we're doing it, how we're doing it. It becomes that thing that keeps us, man, meekness really just wants to fly off. It becomes that thing that keeps us from getting legalistic. It becomes that thing that keeps us from going, well, I've done all I can do, and they haven't done their stuff, and love, back to love. Love holds it all together, and it is the way that we most emulate God, loving as he loved. So, we are called as the church, as the body of Christ, to get along. And as our parents would say to us, why can't you get along? Well, we can't get along because we're really, really different people. However, our differences are exacerbated when our starting point is not unified. And too many of us at times are starting from the wrong spot. Where do we start from, kids? What's our identity? One word. Jesus. That's where we start from. 
The way Paul says it, we're chosen, holy, and loved. That's where we begin. And then we put on these things. What are those things? Number one, say it. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. And what holds it all together? That's how we get along. And when we do that, here's the interesting thing about Legos. They are really, really different. And you can focus on the differences in the same way. So can you guys take me seriously dressed like this? Have you gotten used to it? Okay, good. Kathy's like, wear it all the time. Prefer that. If you focus on the differences, you will miss something really, really important. These things are made to go together. I mean, they're actually made to build stuff. They're made to, you know, make cool things, which this really isn't too cool, but they're made to build cool things. And if you miss that which brings them together, you'll miss their whole point. If you miss getting along in Jesus, you'll miss everything he was trying to do. Because when he died and he rose again, it was to build a community of faith. It was to bring people together in him. Not to create isolated people that fight over their various doctrines or views of things. It was to create a body of believers who follow Jesus and put him first. Stanley Jones said, when we talk about our doctrines, we create division. When we talk about our savior, we create unity. He comes first before everything else. We are not founded on a doctrine, we are founded on a person. His name is Jesus Christ. And guess what? Our differences in this model, they are good. Because our differences allow us to build cool things. Our differences are not good when they become the thing that divide us. But when he unifies us and we take all of our differences and we work together, we create something amazing and beautiful that we cannot create alone. So, go home and play some Legos. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your son. For the sacrifice that he made that we might have forgiveness of sins, a new identity in him, that the Holy Spirit might indwell us and make us into one body. Lord, help us live out of our true identity. Let us see all the other things that we might define ourselves by as secondary. That being chosen and holy and loved by you is our starting point. That we can then be the people you want us to be. That we can glorify Jesus by being one unified body. And all the beauty of our differences can be at full strength. In Jesus' name, amen.